final hour. But we're not done by any stretch of the imagination. Bill Michael Show. New, new, nay, nay. We got uh, this hour is going to be Mike Clemens uh, coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes. Stay right where you're at. So we're going to talk with Mike. Um, Golf Guy says in 49er game, Love did indeed throw a long pass or two uh, to Bill Melton in stride. Defensive pass interference was called both times. So Love can indeed throw the long pass at least once effectively. Okay. Consistently. It's an area that he needs to work on. I think we could just don't don't tell me the moon is 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 out when I see the sun. Don't don't act like he's got Rogers' arm or Favre's arm. No, stop. He he's had some good passes, okay. But you know, every time you have any criticism of Jordan Love, somebody comes out and goes, "Well, look what he did here." Okay, but I think we can all agree that how many times did receivers have to stop mid stride and come back for the football? It's just all I'm saying. It's an area that you need to work on, and people get pissed off. They get mad. Oh no, you got to do this. No, no, I just don't tell me it's a duck when I know it's a chicken. You know, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to uh, hit us up on the phone line, you can. Like I said, Mike Clemens is going to be joining us coming up here uh, shortly. Uh, let's go to Dwayne listening to us in Oshkosh. Dwayne, how you doing today, man? What's happening? Hey, Bill. Um, What's going on? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm a Jordan Love, huge fan. Deep arm stuff. Definitely needs work on that. But then again, the 49ers had the lowest uh, pass per attempt, you know, yards per attempt in, in the league. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on this uh, this this Packer DC, I think we got to look at something really important here. If, if I was to say to you the most valuable player on defense of the Green Bay Packers is Kenny Clark, Normally, it'd be a good thing. What it should have been was Rashawn Gary, and it wasn't. Right. So you still have to get more outside rush. I think the biggest thing with this D coordinator is going to be, uh, I hope they didn't neuter Quay Walker by, you know, now he's in, you know, what, anger management or whatever this is, because I still want to see the kid that played at Georgia and was all uh, rookie team first year in the NFL. That is a key position that linebacker next to him, obviously. Um, I think Preston Smith is going to be one of the casualties. I don't think he's coming back. Um, they've got enough big bodies in the middle on D. I don't see any needs there, really. they got a, bunch, a lot of rotation kids. Van S. that's the key. He had a better rookie year with sacks than Rashawn did. He did the same thing. He went from being a hand-on-the-ground guy in college to this you know, outside-rush guy. That development has got to continue, and it's got to continue really advanced. I mean, he mm-hmm. did some really good things, but he's got to learn more of the pro game. Safety is a <laughs> – you could replace the whole safety crew. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing there. Um, and, you know, obviously the young corners played better than the veteran corners, so that's kind of a concern. But um, I, I think what you need is – and I guess I put it to you this way, Bill – there will be a group of people that if this defensive coordinator doesn't look like a member of the Hells Angels on a Saturday night in Oakland, California, they're going, oh, I don't like the way he looks. Right. I mean, I used to hear that nonsense about Ted Thompson all the I don't like the way he looks. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with it. It's like, get me. Yeah. yeah I see you chuckling. It's like, yeah, if this guy can't go to surges, he can't 
coach my defense. Right. Um, I think the only time I be... ever had a problem with Ted was when he was wearing sandals with white socks. That was it. And it's like, oh, yeah. come on, yeah. Ted, be better than. And that. now that's yeah. and now that's a fashion, right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a my very bad Ted, fashion. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite Ted story, and you mentioned it earlier in the week about going to these nothing games. ESPN is doing a, I don't know, some game where 6,000 people are in the stands and it's pouring rain and there's a guy in a baseball cap up in the corner of the stands and all of a sudden the color guy goes, wait a minute. He zooms in and he goes, that's Ted Thompson. Mm-hmm. He was on the road saying, yeah, I heard about this kid. I'm going to was see him that, for myself. That wasn't the senior bowl. That was um... – God, I know what game you're talking about. I remember that. I, I, God, I can't remember what game it was. There was a Senior Bowl, and then there was like this All Star Bowl, and that was what it was. was I, it I the do East West Shrine game. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. There was hardly anybody yeah. there. I remember that. It was like six, seven thousand people. And it's, yeah, exactly. I remember that game. But he was he was a hands on guy. You know, he mm-hmm. was a hands on guy. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't care who it is. Um, Matt's got to be able to turn over the reins to this guy and say. Here's what, because there's a lot invested in this young defensive core right now. Right. And, um, you know, I don't know what free agency is going to bring. I know who's out there. I know my Christmas list would be the inside backer from Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you bring in Bush, you've solved everything in the middle of that linebacker core just like that. Yeah. But, well, there's uh, a couple of guys that I'd like to have. You'd like to see when you talk about some of the free agents, them, the safety uh, Winfield, too. Is another one you'd Winfield's love to see that out guy. There. Queens out yep. there, Queens out there, you know. Yep. But it'll it'll be, uh, you know, and and again, it's like, my, I guess my only other scenario is that if we don't get somebody right away, it's because they're focused on somebody whose team is still in the playoffs. That's possible too. Yeah. Yep. You're right. That it. That's it. All right, man. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board, 877-867-1670. Now, here's a thought. Um, the cap hit this year for Preston Smith was $6.3 million, Things, almost six point four. Next year is going to be sixteen point five. Sixteen point five. The dead cap money you owe is fourteen. So, basically, if you would cut Preston Smith loose, you'd gain $2.5 million. You'd write him a check for the thirteen point nine, fourteen million, basically, and for two and a half million bucks, you'd cut him loose. Now, is it worth cutting him loose? Because that, no, think about this for a minute. Because he said he thinks that Preston Smith is gone. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just simply saying, think about it for a minute. Your outside linebacker, your backup Engabari, he's done. He's not going to return. I would be surprised if he's back, uh, by October, because of the ACL. So, and if he is, it's, we all saw it. It's tough to come back and be that guy again, right then and there after an ACL. We saw Elton Jenkins struggle with it. We saw Rashawn Gary struggle with it. We've seen numerous guys that say, hey, we're back, ready to go. But you're just not back. It takes you a while. Okay. So if you cut Preston Smith, you have Angabari, not usable until October. Rashawn Gary coming off of a little bit of a down year. And Lucas Van S as a second-year guy. That's your outside linebackers. I don't know. 
I don't know that I do that. I don't know that maybe you rework a deal with Preston Smith, maybe add a year or so, spread the money out a little bit, get it a little more manageable for this team. But I don't know if I'd do that. And he actually played decent down the stretch, too. And he was a guy that Rashawn Gary's crash and Preston Smith, you know, was setting the edge. His numbers weren't gaudy because he, down the stretch, he kind of got it. So would you get rid of Preston Smith at that number? Grant, would you keep him or would you let it cut him loose for $2.5 bucks and not pay him $16 million? So you'd save $2.5 million? You'd save two and a half million if you cut him loose. I think I'd I think I'd keep the two and a half million, uh, or or I I would spend the two and a half million or keep it to yeah. keep Preston Smith. Yeah, um, because his salary his salary cap hit goes up, it goes from six point three to sixteen point five, but if you cut him loose this year, you end, you you lost like thirteen million dollars. If you cut him loose this next season, this upcoming season right here in the soft season, you cut him loose, you gain two and a half million bucks of salary cap. So is it worth to pay? Is it worth it to pay him that amount of money? Because in twenty twenty five it goes to seventeen point five, in twenty twenty eight uh, or two twenty twenty six it goes to eighteen point two. So next year you would save roughly eight million dollars. The year after that you would save thirteen million dollars. So if you're going to cut him and you don't think he's worth it, you would probably cut him this off season. Here, but the question then becomes: Who do you got to play outside linebacker? Angabari's hurt. Rashawn Gary's coming off of a down season. You don't know what he's going to be like next year. And the second-year guy in Lucas Van Ness, who didn't even play every snap. That, that's your pass rush. So are you going to go out and spend more money on a free agent? Or are you just going to pay him, a guy that's already been there, done that? That's, that's a legit question. 877-867-1670, 877-867. 867-1670. Uh, Sean says, I don't think he's worth it, but he seems like a consistent guy and he's always there. Uh, JJ says they probably keep him one more year unless they draft another or Cox Jr. or somebody like that can play for him. Um, golf guy says it appears that uh, nobody's really teaching the younger guys and the rushers moves. Where's the arm over swim move? Well, you learn that when you're you know, when you're in peewee football, you learn those moves. Uh, what, what you're trying to learn, like Rashawn Gary, and again, I am not in any way, shape, or form saying that he is on this Hall of Fame level. But he's his move is not really a move. It's just a power under move of bull rush, which is why he needs his legs under him, which is why he could have had just a little bit of a down season because he was coming back from the ACL. So that's why I hope Rashawn Gary with this offseason – it's a big difference when you're going away for an offseason to work to play football versus to rehab a knee. Because then all you're worried about is just being able to get on the field. Next year, you're worrying about getting better. And I think there's going to be a difference in Rashawn Gary's play next year. I really do. He has impressed me since the day he came into the league. I, I had a lot of skepticism about him, and I knew he was never going to be Reggie White. Reggie White on a whole, you know, on a whole different level. You know, some of these pass rushers, Aaron Donald, Max Crosby, you know, you look at these guys, and you're like, Bosa, whole different level. Micah Parsons, whole different level, right? Whole different level. But he's been consistently good with pressure. He doesn't have the sack totals, but he's been consistently good with pressure. This year, that was down. But I think it was just down because he was just trying to come back. He wasn't trying to, 
you know, come back and be great, so to speak. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. Mike Clement's going to join us the rest of the way. Don't go anywhere. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. When, when you lose in this league, it's hard. Um, we only have 17 opportunities. We put tons of hours and, you know, six days of preparation into four hours on, a, you know, a, a, a Sunday. And it sucks. It's hard. Trying to catch rats in his box, Frank? Box! This happens to be a finely honed mechanism, which I invented myself. Tuesday's a big game plan day for us. Now watch. The rat enters here. Now this device swings down and taps him, causing him to turn around to see who wants it. And when he does, whammo! These steel knobs come down and crack him right in the skull. You know, we refer to that as yak, yards after catch. And then, the Mashews eunuch. There you go. Good stuff. Our guy Mike Clemens brought to you by again in another season full of the Bay Motel. Bay Motel in Green Bay, quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau. From Lambeau Field. So now you're not going to go watch games right now, but maybe you're going over there for, you know, Hall of Fame, walk through that, catch a meal, whatever it happens to be. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau. And a perfect for that family stay and the Bay Family Restaurant featuring the homestyle cooking seven days a week. Bay Motel on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today right now for reservations. 920-494-3441. 920-494-3441. Or get yourself uh, reserved for uh, for all the training camp dates. Go online to baymotelgreenbay.com. That's baymotelgreenbay.com. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Michael, what's going on, man? Well, you know, it's it's like Joe Barry was sort of the major Frank Burns on MASH, you know. The right. guy who knew a lot, uh, you know, had some qualifications, but maybe at times he just rubbed others the wrong way. Maybe, he, you know, he didn't plug in. Uh, there's certainly and, – and now he's already being interviewed, right? Um, he's, right. He's up for an interview with the Bears. Uh, I know there's other teams that are looking at him. You know, there's maybe a linebacker's coach for the Eagles. Talked to Vic Fangio. Uh, so he's out on the road. Uh, wouldn't that be just be typical that he, you know, that you have to face him against the Bears next year, right? Right. Um, I, you know, I talked to Preston Smith, the, the the senior player on the team at 31 years old, uh, last Saturday night in the locker room as they were emptying out and going to the bus, and I had a, a good conversation with him, where I said, you know. You saw the tape last year, what the Eagles did to Brock Purdy and physically took him out of the game. But, you know, I, I was trying to see if, sense if there was any frustration that he was, that this loss hurt because they did not get the green light to go after the quarterback like the Eagles did last year. And here's what Preston Smith said. Knowing that there was a lot of opportunities we had to, ex- uh, to execute and we didn't. Um, if we get some of those plays back, then it's a different outcome. We just got to make sure that, you know, we don't put ourselves in that position next time. If we want to win, we can't, we can't miss those opportunities. That's what it's going to come down to. Like, those are the opportunities that, you know, win or lose games. You feel me? So we just got to make sure that next time we get those opportunities presented to ourselves, we're ready for our moment. Uh, I just think we was doing a lot of things. We was doing a lot of, uh, we was playing great coverage and we was getting a lot of rushes on him. Not, not allowing him to get out there and get in rhythm. Uh, like he's known for doing. 
but he ended up getting in rhythm late and uh, later in the game, and then ended up helping his team win. So, Mike, here's my question, because down the stretch, the defense got good or better, and we started talking about could this actually save Joe Barry's job. But we then we find out it was more of Matt LaFleur. And, you know, the, the defense obviously had a few mistakes in that San Francisco game, but they, they were right there. They were, you know, a few things here and there, a pick six by Darnell Savage, a missed tackle. You know, they were right there, man. You know, another thing is this. Vince Lombardi coached the Packers for nine years, five championships. Mike Holmgren got you to a Super Bowl, see, 92, 93, 94, 95. He, he got you to a Super Bowl with Brett Favre and uh, Reggie White within five, six years, five years, five seasons. Matt LaFleur has coached five seasons in Green Bay now, right? So we mm-hmm. just think about this past year like, all right, here's a guy that's gotten you to some NFC championships with the Hall of Fame quarterback. And now we hand you a roster of, of kids, literally of kids. And, you know, I, I, they, the expectations weren't that high. That doesn't mean that you're not supposed to win. That's when Brian Gutekinds trades away a guy like Rasul Douglas in the middle of the season, holds a special press conference and says, yeah, the, the stuff about the young roster is over now, okay? Like we're halfway through the season, and that's no longer an excuse. And we expect to win. And they did the next weekend. Coming out of a you know two and five stretch there, four game losing streak, uh, all those kinds of things, and so even though Lafleur now is you know had had a terrific year as a coach, he has been there five years, and I think I think there's a sense of urgency, even more from Matt Lafleur coming out of this postseason than maybe I've ever seen. Maybe since 2019. When they had that, he got that first year in, they felt like, wow, this is close. We, we could probably get this next year, and, and they didn't. And you go to Rashawn Gary, who got pretty quiet there uh, after the loss to the Buccaneers and a lot of complaints about Joe Barry, and finally talked to us Saturday night. And I said to him, and he was still in a, in a bit of a mood, as you can hear, but I said, could this Packers defense now be good enough to win a Super Bowl next year? Well, I look like telling you otherwise. But, yeah, I feel like we got, um, you know, pieces to um, get us to where we need. We just got to challenge each other to be consistent and make plays that we need. After the game against Tampa, what changed about this defense to get on this run that you had tonight? Um, just believing, um, you know, each other, um, everybody doing their 111th, and everybody challenged each other to, you know, make the plays that we're supposed to make. And, um, you know, another thing is, uh, you know, this group of guys on the defense, um, it's fun to go to work with them. So, you know, Monday to Sunday, just us putting up, us putting together the work and, um, you know, working to get the outcomes that we want. Was there some, you know, accountability with each other as players or suggestions to, to try to put you in the best position? Did that, did that make any difference? Um, I guess just player-wise, um, you know, just, just challenge each other to, you know, make the plays we need and um, be the players we are. Like, um, you know, me, Kenny, Preston, um, you know, Darnell, Jaws, you know, big-time players that need to make big-time plays. Um, we just uh, harping on, you know, talk, telling each other to, you know, make the plays that we need. It's going to be a good season uh, next year when everybody, you know, come back and they already understand what they need to do in the, in the systems and now they have an off-season to work on, you know, parts of their game. Um, and it's going to be good for us next season. Mike, what do you think, uh, because Matt LaFleur talked about, you know, I, I don't want to say necessarily taking the the reins of the defense, but he began scheming, you know, with the defense. And w- how much do you think that there was an impact and what changed 
for him to finally – was it just the fact that, you know, he was being pressed in the media saying, hey, uh, is this team – you know, do you need to fire Joe Barry? You know, does Joe Barry need to go? Why aren't you firing him? Does all of that suddenly make Matt LaFleur run down the hall and start changing things up? After they lost to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks at home in that game, and they couldn't turn the faucet off on the passes to Chris Godwin for 20 years, you know, 20 yards plus, you know, 10 times. Uh, the next day, uh, I, I was the first one to ask LaFleur. I just said, so what would you do last night? I said, well, I came in here and I watched that game tape, and I broke it down. And then we, I watched it. I brought in my coaches the first thing this morning. We watched it again. And then I started interviewing players, and I went through that. And we have a communication problem here. We've got guys that, you know, the play is called. And, of course, your defense coordinator, who he moved up into the box, um, you know, there's, there's not that extra communication. Like, do you see this guy? Do you see that guy? And then they start doing the things like where they got the – Tyler Davis, the tight end on IR, now holding up sign cards in the field so that if, you know, Carrington uh, Valentine, your rookie corner, filling in for Jair is on the other side of the field and he doesn't hear a switch just before the snap by somebody on the field or a coach, you know, that you've got, you're, try, you're trying to signal everything you can. So LaFleur spent, you know, the last four or five weeks of the season spending a lot more time on the defensive side of the offices to try and clean these kinds of things up. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we we said this during camp. I kept saying, man, <laughs> and I thought Adrian Amos was still a much better player. It turned out not to be between his styles with the Jets and the Texans. But, right. you know, I don't count on Savage. Savage got benched last year. Um, I, you know, I don't see it. Who's the safety here? Well, Jonathan Owens stepped it up, and the, the rookie Anthony Johnson had some nice plays. And so I asked Jonathan Owens – who, you know, he made some nice plays against the 49ers. He, he also, like most of that secondary, they whiffed on, on Kittle and his touchdown. They whiffed on uh, their running back, you know, running right up the middle for the winning touchdown. And Owens asked him, I said, you went from 2-5 and five in the playoffs. And, you know, what? how does that? How did you turn this around working with Joe Barry, Greg Williams, your secondary coach, and your safety coach, who I think actually did a hell of a job, Ryan Downard, uh, toward the season. Just believing, just believing in us um, and, you know, listening to us, you know, seeing what we like to be in, what we see, you know, and just it being a player-coach relationship like that, man, that's, I, I believe that's what makes the best relationships on the coach. When they listen to you, we, we provide feedback and they go and I just feel like, you know, we all, when, when we were 2-5, and five, we all just, you know, we, we took a step back and um, just talked about it as a defense, man, and, um, you know, talked about what we had to do better. I feel like we went out and did that the rest of the season, so... You know, Mike, uh, I still think back to that game, and I think there's just so many things had they gone the Packers' way. Had you Darnell Savage made the pick or stopped Christian McCaffrey or Keyshawn Nixon makes the pick, and the spot is different on the fourth down, the face mask is called on the drive with Aaron Jones. I mean, so many different things. Any one of those things go right, Packers probably end up winning the game. Yeah, and you could hear the disappointment in Quay Walker's voice when, you know, he knows that he probably was out of position on a like the Christian McCaffrey, you know, touchdown run uh, toward the end there. Um, but at the same time, you know, he looks back and he sees uh, Savage drop an interception, or Keyshawn Nixon. I mean, Keyshawn should have had that ball. He should have had that ball. Uh, and so Quay Walker says, you know, you can't have those kinds of mistakes. Surefire interceptions like Savage did early in the game. 
So I just we just got to kept just capitalize on more things like when we had a chance to make the interceptions, uh, make the interceptions or whatever the case may be, because it can be a turnaround. Uh, it always be the small things that can turn around and hunt you at the end of the game. If we would have made those turnovers, we probably could have scored on both of those turnovers or whatever the case may be. We could have had a different outcome. So we just got to capitalize on the plays that we have in front of us. That's all. Let's do this. We'll step away. We're talking to Mike Clemens, and he's going to take us the rest of the way. And uh, we'll break and then come back and get back into it with Mike. Calderon Club in San Giorgio down. Going to be at San Giorgio tonight and Calderon Club tomorrow night. A lot of Italian food in my future as we got a couple of dinners we're going to go to. So we got a birthday dinner tonight and then a uh, celebration dinner tomorrow, but going to be down there uh, twice. 838 Old World, 3rd Street. And I'm telling you, best Italian food you're going to put in your grill. That's Calderon Club, whether it's the spaghetti and meatballs or the eggplant or whatever suits your uh, suit your fancy, or San Giorgio for the best authentic Napoletana pizzas that are out there, certified, certified from Napoli, Italy. So good stuff both ways. Either way, you cannot go wrong. 838 Old World, 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The expectations going into this season are not going to be the same expectations going into next season. And they've earned that. But with that, you better put in the work because nothing's guaranteed. So we, they're going to have to get to work here quickly. Give a couple days to decompress and then get back on the grind. That's all she wrote. Next year, Super Bowl or bust? Depends on what happens in the offseason, but you got to be right there. No doubt. Mike Clemens joining us, brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com, baymotelgreenbay.com. Call them today for reservations, 920-494-3441. So, Mike, he's right. Uh, next year, expectations coming into the season, they're, they're going to be a lot different, and rightfully so for the way this team finished. Yeah, playing in the rain, playing in a thriller of a game, these players were so drained Saturday night on both sides of the ball. And then that long three-and-a-half, four-hour uh, flight back to Green Bay, get off the plane. And then you come in Monday morning, and then you've got to clean out your locker, and Coach wants to see everybody in the team meeting. And Christian Watson, uh, you know, I know fans get frustrated because he's been uh, inactive so much with the hamstring injuries and whatnot, but this guy really, really could be a star in this league and for this team, just by his demeanor. Nobody's more frustrated than he is. And he talked about, you know, the attitude of the players and what LaFleur told them in the team meeting uh, before they started cleaning out their lockers. Coach hit in the meeting today, and I think it's, you know, huge for the offseason. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. No one stays the same in this league. You know, you can't just sit around doing nothing and be the same person that you were at the end of the season. You know, everybody in the league is constantly growing and moving forward, so you got to find ways to push yourself, you know, harder than everyone else is pushing themselves to be, you know, where you want to be in this league. Mike, uh, when you talk about Christian Watson, I mean, one of the things he has to do to be better in this league is just be on the field and be available, and they got to figure out the hamstrings with that guy. Yeah, and I thought it was I was impressed when LaFleur was asked about, you know, what do you do about Watson, man? There's reoccurring hamstring injuries and he goes and he it's like it was on his list and he said, Yeah, I'm sending Flea, which is the nickname of Brian Engel, who, you know, took over for Pepper Burris. You remember Pepper? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Brian has been with the team since the Favre era, uh, highly regarded, um, and he's taken their top trainer uh, to he's assigned 
to focus with Christian Watson, get the best experts around the country, go to clinics, whatever it's going to take to, to figure this out. And, and then two days later, LaFleur fires the strength and conditioning coach, Chris Gizzy. You know, mm-hmm. guy was a linebacker. You remember back in the early 2000s, uh, right. speedy guy, a little undersized. Um, he was a backup linebacker, was pretty good on special teams. And with his military background, when they had that first game back after 9-11, you know, Bob Harlan and the group on down thought, hey, let's have the guy that's got the military experience come out into the field and carry that flag and that iconic photo. And Chris always hung around the organization, got into strength and conditioning, was uh, hired by McCarthy as an assistant, and then was given the job, uh, when the, you know, the full job, by LaFleur. But after five years and some of the repetitions, I think LaFleur is desperate to say, we've got to get some new ideas in here when it comes to strength and conditioning. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head and thinking about is when you're at practice, Bill, they start off that first couple of periods with warm-ups, and there mm-hmm. used to be a time where, you know, that guy was like a coach. He was demanding that guys do certain things right. with their routines. And then that kind of went away. So we'll see what LaFleur gets for that guy. In the meantime, you talk to Christian Watson, the player, the receiver, and what LaFleur told them in the team meeting about that, and also what can he do about these chronic hamstring injuries he has. I got to find out what the root of it is. That's the start, and I'll, you know, be able to formulate a plan around that. But you know, if I can, you know, find out, you know, what kind of things, you know, could possibly be leading to it, and you know, make sure I'm doing the right things in the off season, doing the right things, you know, during OTAs in this training camp, just you know, find ways to make sure I'm doing everything I can to, you know, be conscious of it. That's my number one plan. Yeah, that's just it, Mike. I mean, he's just got to – I mean, you just got to fix it. Uh, they had that. They had the miscalculated, uh, you know, shoulder injury, so to speak, on. On Jair, you had Aaron Jones with a hamstring that, again, flared up at the end of the season. They they had some issues, no doubt. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's so many bright spots on the offensive side of the ball. And if you could get Christian Watson back on the field at the same time, uh, Dontavian Wicks really took a huge step in his rookie season as a late-round pick as, at that. And then Jaden Reed, man, you know, this guy can do it all. His punt return. Jet sweep guy, great out of the slot, smart player, guy that, you know, the Cowboys at times even maybe double teamed, and that got Romeo Dobbs open. And I asked him after the game, you know, did you guys, did you young guys now in this big game and, you know, three quarters of rain and, and, and the crowd cheering and everything, did you guys start playing tight at the end of that game? Play tight? No, I don't, I don't really agree with that. It was just... You know, um, so less time we had left, uh, we had to try to get the ball down the field. Playing in conditions like that, you know, the rain, you know, that's always tough as well. Um, so I don't think anything was tight towards the end. We haven't even scratched the surface, honestly. I, I feel like, um, you know, we just got to, you know, dial into this off season, like I said before, and uh, just, you know, come back in an even, even stronger group next year. Mike, there's going to be some guys that aren't going to be back with the team, uh, you know. But some guys who are questionable. We were talking about Preston Smith and that salary a little bit earlier, but that would leave them very short in the outside linebacking crew. Obviously, the running back Aaron Jones, but you know, a guy like John Runyon uh, is a question mark as well. The offensive line played played pretty well this year. Yeah, and on the defensive side of the ball, let's talk about this. You know, as you mentioned with Preston and his price tag. 
But, you know, that Kingsley Enigbari ACL at the end of the season, that hurts, man. Right. You know, that is, he was your number three pass rush guy. And then, you know, you got Lucas Vanesk as, as number four, and you really need four for that position. So does that get higher on the list in terms of what Gutekinds is going to have to draft or maybe even pick up in free agency? And, you know, Joe Barry's story when he hits the streets are like, hey, man, if they told me in September, yeah, you're never going to have Eric Stokes. Jair Alexander is going to miss most of the season. Matter of fact, the coach is going to suspend him. I wonder if Lafleur puts some of that behavior stuff on Joe Barry. Like, wait, this is your player, damn it. Get this guy's head straight. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. maybe Joe wasn't there to get into that. Or maybe he's not supposed to. I don't know. I just bring that up. Uh, you're not going to have Devondre Campbell, you know, your veteran inside linebacker for most of the season. And at the very end of the year, you know, when you go into San Francisco, you'll be without J.J. Enigbari, who's played tremendous the last year. And Darnell Savage is going to be an off-and-on player, you know, who got benched the, the last year and this year, you know, had some injuries. And he, he pulled up on a couple of plays and when it came to tackling. Uh, against the 49ers. So all those things in mind, what you got to fix on defense. On offense, Rasheed Walker did a pretty nice job beating out Yash Nyman for left tackle, but you're probably going to have to draft a left tackle, right? Right. Uh, and then you had this rotation going on where, there, you know, second-year man uh, Sean Ryan, big kid, they start rotating him in at right guard in for John Runyon. And and that kept on. That even They even did that in the playoff game against the 49ers. Runyon starts the game, and I don't think they pulled him because of injury. They just continued with this rotation at right guard in a playoff game. And so you ask LaFleur about, you know, hey, John Runyon, he's been here four years now. He's going to become a free agent. What do you think about him? He's done a hell of a job since the day he got here and you know he's played a lot of football for us and he's been very consistent i know he he battled through some things this year from a health standpoint but again another resilient guy that you know you can always count on but he's been a a very valuable member of our football team and he has been i mean he's he basically was thrown into service almost in his first game as a pro wasn't he in jacksonville if i remember correctly yes and you know, and he's he's NFL pedigree too, right? His dad yeah. was, you know, that uh, offensive lineman all those years for the Eagles. Now is a vice president in the NFL. He's the guy that oversees the rules, uh, and 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 those, you know, execute. He's the one that finds the players. And remember last year when we were at opening night at Super Bowl, um, I ran into him there, and I had a mm-hmm. great conversation, you know, about his son, and he talked about, you know, growing up, you know, the, the son of a football player. But he survived all that. You know, he's a legit uh, NFL offensive lineman himself. Uh, he's worked very hard to get to where he is. Had a little bit of a learning disability when he was in high school, overcame that. I mean, Runyon's a great guy, and I got a little bit closer to him this year, and it'd be a shame to see him go. And I asked him, you know, do you, you, know, do you think that they have you coming back? What does Luke Butkus, your offensive line coach, say about your, how he's graded you out this year? I feel like we had a really good team kind of on the ropes and for whatever reason kind of got out of our hands and if we were able to get that one, go to Detroit and, you know, win that game, that's a game that we won this year already and on the other side in the Super Bowl. It's tough um, sitting back. I really felt like this team, you know, had something going. This is probably one of the favorite teams I've ever been on uh, since I've been here. Um, just how young it is and the kind of journey that we went on this year, being two and five and kind of everybody 
we definitely counted us out, but nobody really listened to that. Nobody really cared, and we were able to just you know do what we do best, just put our heads down and work. And this team, just offensively, defensively, really started clicking. It was really special to be a part of, and special to see. Yeah, he really sounds like. I mean, there's quite a few guys that want to be a part of what's going on in Green Bay. Right, you've got a veteran like that that sees that opportunity. So you know, again, we talked about you know his evaluation and what's what does he think is next for John Runyon. Just had some meetings with some of the coaches. Like I said, they like me, they appreciate me, they they want me back. See how it goes, but I don't really think necessarily the, that's going to be up to you know the position coaches and their call. It's going to come up from a little higher up than that. And I love my four years here. It was a good time. Just the brotherhood. It was unreal. It was an organization. Everybody inside, um, the people out of the facility, the, the fans, it's a special place. Um, met some really good people here. I hope I don't leave. It was a good time. Really appreciate it. I mean, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional right now, but it means a lot to me. It was awesome. I don't want to leave, but it's not really in my hands. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Final segment with Mike Clemens coming up. Don't go anywhere. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show. We continue on. Final segment before we get out of here. Mike Clemens standing by. So, Mike, uh, a week from tomorrow, we are winging our way to Vegas. We've got uh, some good games coming up this weekend. Unfortunately, the Packers aren't in them, and the Packers continue to search for a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, this team kind of, you already talked about some guys that may or may not be here. John Runyon, we talked about Devondre Campbell. There's a few guys, you know, David Bakhtiari, obviously. So give me your thoughts as we kind of wrap this season up. Right. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or Anders Carlson, the kicker. He may not be. Or Anders Carlson, the kicker, yeah. yeah. Signed a guy from Georgia the other day. Um, well, you know, just let's see. For the games this weekend, um, I, I think, you know, the Lions, uh, 49ers, I, you know, I, I was reading some more stuff about the 49ers out there, and really at times you can look at the Kyle Shanahan offense, and the guy's like running like six plays with five different formations, and he just runs them over and over again with perfect execution. And, you know, they're, they're right. They're right when you break it down like that, and it's just because they've got such great veteran players in key positions, and they're in their prime right now. But, you know, Dan Campbell in three years has got these guys on, you know, on the doorstep of a Super Bowl with all that motivation. And, you know, is Adrian, after Hutchinson with the pass rush, you know, and speedy linebackers like uh, um, Anzalone, uh, those guys, uh, and Brian Branch has been terrific at corner. They're a little bit light on the back end. I, Kirby Joseph picked off Aaron Rodgers twice in the game last year. Uh, but some of the other safeties, like Tracy Walker and those guys, Gardner Johnson, um, I don't know. I, I think Shanahan's going to be able to take advantage of them, even though they're they're playing in Detroit. For the Ravens, I am not a fan of running quarterbacks. 
every time Josh Allen runs with the football, I don't care if it's 50 yards like he did in the playoffs or you know scores a touchdown against the Chiefs. It's just it, it, it there's always a dead end for those kinds of quarterbacks. Right. But um I'll tell you, you know, the Ravens um he's he's done a terrific job at throwing the football this year and staying in the pocket and that might make make the difference. And then of course the Ravens defense um they've got Rokon Smith there now that they picked up from the Bears and Patrick Queen. Uh, I think the Ravens defense at home is going to is going to get into the Super Bowl over this year's version of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Yeah, you kind of figure that. I mean, I Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I think they're good, but I I think what we've seen out of the Baltimore Ravens with the they got a solid defense. They just do. And the, their offense obviously can score with anybody. It, I think they're just if you every year we talk about what's the class of the NFL. I think it's the Ravens. I think the Ravens aren't a ton of flash. I just think they continually get the job done, and they've got enough veterans and enough good playmaking positions that they're that good of a football team. And think about this: Can you imagine if Harbaugh and Harbaugh win a national title and a Super Bowl in the same year? Yeah, yeah. There's something in the water of the Harbaugh family, so that puts yeah. a lot of pressure then on. Lamar Jackson to play the the game that he has this year to stay in the pocket, occasionally you know pick up a first down with his legs, but be more of a you know be in tune and and running that offense and don't make mistakes and keeping your offense in rhythm and you know wherever Spags is going to throw at you from the 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 Chiefs defensive coordinator and it actually could be Baltimore going back into a Super Bowl and if they play if they play the Forty Niners and that's a repeat of one when you had. Uh, Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick years ago, and they won that one in the Superdome. But I, I, I you know, what's the game that you really want to see in the Super Bowl? What's the one that's going to get the most interest? What's the one that we're going to want to talk about all week? Well, well, it's going to be the 49ers and you got uh, the well, you got the Taylor Swift factor. If you want to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, it'd be the 49ers and the Chiefs. But if you just want to go for a great matchup, it's probably who I picked at the beginning of the season, which was Baltimore and the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? There are four good teams. They all played well uh, through most of the season, except isn't it weird that the two of the teams that are now one step away from the Super Bowl, the Green Bay Packers beat. How about that? Yeah. And I'm excited to root for the Lions. If the Lions get there, holy crap. Uh, what a story for the yeah, Lions to go you know to, to this point. Yeah, because it's all it's all emotion, you know, with Dan Campbell. Yeah. And he sold that, and, and, it, and it got him this far. And that you'd like to see come back into the game as well. Yep, no doubt. Mike, great stuff as always, bud. And uh, where, where are we going for dinner next Saturday night? Uh, Piero's. It's an Italian place. Uh, right okay. across, it turns out right across the street from the convention center where your broadcast will be. Okay, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, the, it, it's a, is that the convention center or is that Mandalay Bay Convention Center? No, it's, no, it's the convention center, the, the, the Las Vegas Convention Center. Okay. All right. I We're have not gotten up to date. Where, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what uh, where everything is. I haven't taken a look that far because I'm looking forward to media night and then opening night, which is probably going to be over at the arena where the uh, the Golden Knights play. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to all that stuff. Media I don't know where media night's yet, at yet, though. I haven't I haven't looked that far ahead. I haven't even packed my bag yet. So, you know. Yeah. Hey, are you joining us tomorrow night down at Calderon Club? Yeah. What you time? You get my text? 7 o'clock. All right, see you then. Me, you, Grant, Paul Charchian, we're all going to be there. Paul's going to be in town? That's outstanding. Paul Charchian's going to be, yeah, Paul's coming, yeah. 
All right, great. Well, okay, do I so, bring a dish to pass, or is Gino going to take care of no, that? No, Gino's, Gino's got us covered. I'm going to buy a few drinks, and you guys buy your meal, and then we're all going to have a fun time. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you, Bill. There you go. That's the great Mike Clemens. Join- see, there you go, Grant. Now we got Mike being there tomorrow night as well. And you and Mike can talk about uh, if, indeed, you have to share a room together, if Mike's going to be wearing the CPAP uh, Snuffleupolis hose. Oh, man. Is he talking to sleep? Do you know? <laughs> we were talking about this yeah, this but, morning with Ebo. Yeah, but, but it's all quotes from Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> I just, in between, he's going to be, uh, this is what it'll sound like. The Packers return to the practice field. What you got to worry about is when he's in the bathroom going, and there's a seal block here. Oh, there's a seal block here and another oh, block no. here. What the hell's going on in here? <laughs> right? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it. That's another one in the books. Good stuff. Time for us to get out of here. On that note, that visual, it's time for us to go. I have a good one. See you.